All right, what's going on? How you doing, Drew? Doing good. Finally back to it. I know, it's been a second. So, today we're going to do a podcast on the refuge system, California refuge system, and talk about <clears throat> kind of how, as a beginning hunter, you get started, what the process is for all of them. And we haven't been to every refuge, but we've been to a decent amount, and we can kind of talk on the different types. And there's different regulations for each of them. So we'll kind of go over that and kind of for the ones who haven't been public hunting before, um, ones who want to get into it and the best advice that both of us can give is either do your homework big time on each refuge oh, yeah. or get with somebody who's been there, done that and that you can tag along with, learn from them. We've found that some refuges you can get in and talk with people and figure out a little bit of it, but it's that duck hunting world that's uh, such a secret, and a lot of people don't like sharing what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. But if you do it wrong, you'll get chewed out by someone yep. if you're in the wrong, but wrong place. Th- there are a lot of people out there that um, do care and want to help out their others. I mean, they're not going to take you to their spot if it's just a random person but they'll tell you parking lots that are good some ponds that are good or where to start at least Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what i've done i've met people out at a parking lot and talked to them about it as well so that's a cool part you can run into good people out there yes there are good people Mm -hmm. but all right that's what the podcast is going to be on enjoy look out for Call times, lotteries, parking lots, camping, free roam, assigned ponds, assigned blinds, your mapping, your water levels, um, your shell count, and what else would you want to add to that? Trash. Always picking up trash. Yes, because it is a disaster out there. People it's don't terrible. care about what they leave behind. So yeah, look out for those ideas that we're going to bring to the table and comment anything that you have questions on or anything we didn't include yes there's a lot of stuff absolutely because people do read these comments so it does (laughs) help you never know nope all right You're listening to the Central Valley Fowlers Podcast. Alright, so starting out with types of refuges. I know I've only been to a type A refuge, but there's type A, B, and C. And have you been to a different one? B or C? I have not, but I've always known that if you buy... And this is meaning type A, type B, type C is your pass that you buy to get into these refuges mm-hmm. so your day pass your two-day pass or, or the season your pass. season pass and that allows you access that you have to show at that check, check station so and all honesty if you want to make sure you do it right just get a type a 
Yeah. Because you'll get into a lot more more places here in the valley, at least from all the popular places. Yeah, from Kern to I mean all the way up north. Mm-hmm. That's what's gotten us into all the good ones. Yep. Basically, all the ones you see on the on the result list. Yep. Um. But yeah, basically, just yeah, know your refuge before you go. And the rules that go along with it, whether it's if you can have bikes or you cannot have bikes or if you can have electronic bikes or no electronic bikes, boats, all that stuff. And then there's each refuge will be different, but there's a sweat line and a lottery and a reservation. So the sweat line like Mendota, you just show up, park your pickup and... Your spot in line is your spot in line. You can go and leave your pickup and go to the like the trailer park or something, but that's your spot. Yeah, and the sweat line, lottery, reservation, signed parking lots, all that is one of the biggest things to know and understand because if you're in the wrong spot and you're out of whack, you're not knowing what you're doing, you're going to get literally ran over by people. Mm-hmm. No remorse. <laughs> yeah. And they'll let you know. So pay attention to those, which ones have what. Um, Riley knows the lottery system a little bit better than I do. But well, I the, the lottery, so every refuge is going to have a lottery. And, <clears throat> well, not every refuge. I'm thinking reservation. So the lottery, the refuges are going to have it set up different. So I know at... I think it's yolo it's from four to seven i think it was last year you have to be there to put in for the lottery the night before so if you want to hunt saturday you got to be there from four to seven i think that was the times but just that as an example four to seven you got to be there to put in your name and then that night after they pull the numbers um you can check online and see what your lottery number is so the lottery is basically behind the reservation but in front of the sweat line so lotteries will go in after reservation and sweat line will go in after lottery so the lottery is basically you get a number and that's your number to go in in order so then reservations that's the fun one (laughs) that's the golden ticket so when you get together as soon as they open up and sit with your group of hunting buddies and start clicking away. Start planning. What is it, dollar thirty-four? Yeah. I think. Each reservation you pick and boy does that add up. Yes. So the reservations you pick those fifteen days at least before the hunt date. So if you're doing it like one Saturday you got to pick it 15 days before that Saturday in order to be entered into that reservation draw. Yep, and how do you do that? So you go on CDFW, you have your account, you log in. I think you go in to purchase license, mm-hmm. and then I believe it's multi-calendar date draw yep. for Waterfowl, and you go through and pick the refuge, and it'll have a bubble that you push next to the hunt date for each refuge. Um, and then at the end, you can see once you purchase what refuge, which is what refuges you have 
signed up to be drawn for. Yep. And back back to the lottery is the main. What I understand from the lottery is with those time frames that they give you to put in, it'll wean out a lot of people because sometimes you can't make it in between that time period. Mm-hmm. But also, at certain refuges, there is a, well, all of them have a limit, but some are very minimal of how many people they let in. Yeah. So in order to get a decent, not even a decent number, in order just to get in in the morning, that lottery lottery will get you to that point. Because you... You can show up and sit in the sweat line, wake up at the same time as everybody else does, and you might not even get into the refuge till yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So if you are a morning hunter and like your mornings, the best is to get a good draw on that lottery. Yeah. And it's all random. Mm-hmm. And it's every, literally everywhere is different. Like Mendota, the sweat line, <clears throat> you can call it there, is your pickup but if you go to gray lodge gray lodge you have to show up the night before is when they start giving out numbers and it's right. essentially a sweat line but with a number so the first time i went to gray lodge i showed up that morning and i was the last person on the refuge i was hunting solo so i didn't know which is why we're saying go with someone so you can figure it out yeah. beforehand but they give out a number instead of just your place in line so you really got to know before the refuge you go to, how it works to be efficient. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, you'll make mistakes of doing something wrong, but I mean, everyone's got to learn somehow, some way. Just like Riley learned that Gray Lodge had you had to be there the mm-hmm. night before to get a good. And it was headlamp city. <laughs> <laughs> Walking out there, it looked like the night sky. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, so with all those comes another aspect, and that's your call times, your lottery entry times when the resis are pulled, and I believe most of them are two to two and a half hours before for resis. Yeah. So that's before shoot time, not before sunrise, but before shoot time. Correct. And... So you're going to want to look up that number because that number will change between refuges. But when resis are pulled, they'll pull them in like, they usually do it by group, I think, like 1 to 10, and then you line up in your 1 to 10. But that's the most important thing to know because we've been down to the wire at some refuges, and you can still make it in if you're, like, can find your spot in line. But that is the most important thing to know is call time. And then there's different call times for um, sweat or like your lottery too. I think some are, it's like an hour from shoot light or an hour from when it, it's different everywhere. Yeah. But the call times is easily the most important thing to know. Yeah. And if you're unsure, you can always call the check station or you show up early and you go up there and talk and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then different refuges will have parking lots and camping or no camping. So 
I believe Yolo does not have any camping. And that one's a pain in the butt because you got to be there for the lottery the night before, which right. means you got to drive there, then drive home because you can't stay there, I think. Yeah, and there's not, I mean, what's the closest refuge to Yolo? San, or uh, Sacramento? I don't know. If that, because in the grasslands, there's a couple that you can camp at. Mm-hmm. Which you can go put in and then go camp at another different one. Right, you don't have to to camp at the same one that you're hunting at, which mm-hmm. makes it makes it nice for those who bring their tents or got their travel travel trailers, mm-hmm. weekend warriors. So yeah, that's a big one to know though too, because you can plan ahead of time. Yeah, what you're gonna do. Don't show up to a refuge and. Just expect to camp there and you're going to get... Booted. Yep. And then there's different hunt units. So, like, Mendota is all free room. And then there's other refuges that are all assigned ponds or blinds. And there's some that are free room, assigned ponds, assigned blinds. So that's another thing to plan for when you're looking to go is what are you going to do? If you're sweat lining... Or lottering, doing the lottery, that all comes into mind. Yeah. Where you're gonna hunt. Have multiple pins of where you think the X is. I mean, there's been plenty of times where, even times when you get a good reservation, you walk out and the headlamp headlamp is right where you picked. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing is to. Be out there early and set up next to somebody that beat you to it yeah. because they'll let you know. And it's a lot of times not a fun conversation. No, and that's the thing, man, too. Like, I people come and set up next to me like a lot over the season. But if you talk to them and you say, like, hey, I ain't going to shoot your swings or the birds you're working. You can hunt close to other people. It's obviously not desirable because it's taken away from your hunting time. But people are people are a bunch of assholes out there. Yes, they can be. So that's one thing to watch out for is just picking your spot. And if more than likely, if someone's there, just find a different spot. Move on. You don't want altercation. Yeah, move on, and that. That's a good thing about getting your lotteries and getting your reservations. I mean, you, sometimes you have your assigned pawns and nobody else can go into that pond. Yep. Also, your blinds. Nobody can come up into your blind or that. There's been multiple blinds in the same pond, but they are separated from each other. And Yeah. Another thing that people forget, when you have a blind, you can only shoot in the blind i know unless i want to say unless it's a wounded bird that you're trying to get i don't even know and i don't don't even want to talk on that one i have no idea yeah but i do know for sure that if you have a blind you have to shoot from the blind from the blind that's what i've seen and meaning meaning that is people who hunt public lands and are in the free roam there's plenty of good spots in the toolies, and you can get to a pond with your blind. You cannot go and set up 
in the toolies. Which is a pain in the butt sometimes because yep. the sun can be right in your eyes. <clears throat> yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. And the birds can be working different ways and landing in different spots. And me personally, that's, I mean, blinds are, are good to, to have, but sometimes not so much because you can't really make a rash decision and change where you're setting up. Or make a move because something's not working right. That is your spot. That is how you shoot. The only thing you can change is where you put the decoys. Yep. Behind you, to the side of you, front of you. That's really the only thing. Blinds are rough. Yeah. I don't think I like blinds that much. Unless it's a really good blind. Yeah, and there there are good blinds. And there are bad blinds. Yeah. Well, it's just so limiting. Yes. The free room, man, you can get hidden. If you can get hidden, you can move around. Say they're they're dumping in on one side of a tule patch, and you're like, all right, I'm free room, I can move. But if you're in a blind, they're just out of reach, and there's a tule patch like 30 yards away. Well, you can set up and, and go at it. And also, there are assigned parking lots. Yeah, so like Los Banas, they give you a ticket for, like, you got to go to that parking lot, and, and then you got to hunt that zone. Yep. There's certain certain zones and ponds that you are only able to, to be in and hunt. If you want to change zones, you got to pack all your stuff up, get in the pickup, and go back to the check station and, and ask for a change. Mm-hmm. And... Me personally, I think it's really good because it limits the traffic that you get in all those ponds. Yeah, jamming up. Yep. Yeah, I think so. That's a bummer when you don't get it, but it makes it so you don't get crowded. Correct. Which is nice. Um, what else we got here? Where are we at, Drew? Blind averages to choose blinds. Yeah, so that's a that's a good tool to have. And if you are ahead of the game, boy, does it work. But I have heard a rumor that they're going to stop posting. What? Blinds and averages. No way. Yeah. Because. Where'd you hear this? Kern. Oh, man. Yeah. Shoot. Don't know if it's true or not, but. A possibility because they want to make it fair for everyone else but also at the same time it's like you got that good reservation you know where the birds are yeah so it's your give and take plus so with reservations there's some refuges like if there's no water those blinds are gonna be terrible like people won't even show up to them right but you also have to take into account not everyone is a perfect shot. So say you got blind so-and-so, and usually it's great, but last week they only shot four birds out of it. You got to think, like, hey, maybe they're just bad shots. Yeah. So that's a thing to take into account. Yeah, but if you <clears throat> if they do keep it, which I'm not sure if they will or not, but that's just what I've heard, um, use it to your advantage, do your homework. And pay attention because it has paid off, yeah, and it, and it will yeah. pay off. 
mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. So That was a funny one. So we had to tell that story about the refuge in the grasslands with you and Kaylee. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. These, Drew, you pulled it, the reservation? Yep. So. Boy, is it like a, it's almost like an adrenaline rush because you, say you got seven or ten people in front of you, it's like, please don't. And you have your list of four or five blinds that you want to hunt out of. And a lot of the times these refuges will have a solid good seven to eight blinds that pull three bird averages. And you're going down the list and you get up there and it's like, it's a heart drop or it's like, it's good or it's bad because that blind that you were waiting on could still be there or it could be just a gamble. And And you got, so that, I'm talking about, you got the premier blind at this refuge. The best one. But then at the same time, if you're, if you're like 12 back and you get up there and one of the best blinds is still open, in your opinion, you think, well... Maybe I don't know as much as I thought I did. Yeah. And just go with your best gut. And heck, Ryan, too, he gave up the number one blind that has been no. <laughs> putting out the best averages. I mean, we still did good, but, oh, I was so angry with him. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, because he didn't want to be in a pit, too? Yes. He wanted to be in a stand-up. Yep. I'll never forget that one though when you drew and it was the hunt with me you and Kaylee and I had to watch you guys slaughter birds from the pickup because yeah. I was on a zoom class I give a presentation that didn't even happen until like an hour from shoot light and you sat there and watched the entire time Yep. while on the phone with us and you guys were the only ones shooting birds on yeah. the refuge. Literally no one else. It was so quiet. What did you get? You guys came out with like, what, 10 birds? I think we had nine total. Nine total? We shot three in the morning. And those were teal. Mm-hmm. I shot that golden eye that couldn't find. Yeah. That was crazy. Thick toolies that the dog couldn't even sniff it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, we didn't see a bird till 2, 3 o'clock when you're back at the pickup. And I was actually sleeping. And this was this was Kaylee's second time out yeah. hunting. And when you take new people out, they always, the whole time, they sit there and say, What is that? What bird is this? What is that? Oh, I hear it. What is that? And this time I had fallen asleep, and poor Kaylee, she was awake and watching everything. What the heck's flying by? Yeah. And she's like, Drew, there's birds. It's like, okay, I'm half asleep. I go ahead and shoot them. And then I heard the noise, and it was the gadwall. I was like, woke up just bright eyes, like, that's gadwall, and they're close. And called them, circled them back in, and. And we got got one out of the deal, and I was like, okay, well. Here it goes. Here we come, and 
then the mallards for some reason i don't know why but the mallards started pouring in we ended up getting six by the end of that was crazy light. that was wild i remember sitting there looking out and you guys had a flock of what 18 15 to 20 mallards yeah, never seen that much oh my gosh it was crazy and then they're coming down right smack middle of the blind coming straight for you and the guy in the blind over shoots at a single duck yep. that's probably 100 yards in the air. Of it's, course he doesn't get it. And then they bug out. Yeah, screws it all up. And and I had been calling at these birds for what felt like 30 minutes, but it was probably like 7 or 8 minutes. I'm calling and calling, keep trying to stay still, trying to keep the dog still, keep your head down, I'm watching them, what are they doing? And they finally were just outside coming in, and, well, off they went. Yep. Yep, that's public hunting, though. Yep, it's what happens. It is what happens. Um, so, another thing you can use to figure out where you want to go is the hunt results on the California Department of Fishing Game website. So, they show the hunt results. They show each refuge, how many geese they shot, how many ducks they shot, how many hunters were there, the average waterfowl per hunter. That's all good information. So, like, I know you can watch, like, Sacramento, the whole area. When the geese get there, you know, because yeah. all their geese numbers are up. So, that'll tell you, like, hey, maybe I want to go and try and get in lottery this weekend. Yeah, and not, the next couple of weeks up there. Not only just the present year. I mean, heck, I've sat on there and I've had 15 different tabs open all the way back to however far it lets you go, 2009. Yeah. I mean, yeah, years are different, weather's different, but it gives you a good idea of when, when birds are around. And it shows the type of bird. The yes, top two. Top two. And what, what's out there? What are people? Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Like when the cinnamons were in the grasslands, it said cinnamon. Cinnamon yep. teal, cinnamon teal, cinnamon teal. Which is cool. So it really does show like what's in the area. Yep. Um, and then, okay, so we used a lot of this this year, which was a mapping system. To figure out where we're going to hunt. And then when you get to the refuge, you can look on the check station. And it'll show the flood up schedule and the disc areas and like water levels and stuff. So pairing those two is one of the best things you can do if you're not going to get out and scout. Yep. Because you can really figure out what time of year is going to be best or what area. And when water is going to be where. And plus like Mendota... They're not always the greatest about flooding up on time, even within their range of dates. So it's, if you're not sure, just call yep. and see if it's flooded up. And I've always had really <coughs> good luck with talking to people at the check station. Mm-hmm. Very informational. They answer your questions thoroughly. And, I mean, obviously, they're not going to... Because all of them are, they are hunters. I would assume so. And obviously they're not going to tell you where to go and don't call them and ask because they're not going to tell you. But you can ask them 
pretty much anything else, and they'll give you the right answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely just talking and asking. Calling and asking is the biggest the thing. ways to get information. Yep. And online mapping will shoot. You can save pens. You can share pens with your buddies. You can... Mm-hmm. Or just using like, all right, so I want to see how big this pond is. I use Onyx and you use Huntwise. Yep. So I think you can do it on both. But like Onyx has a map tools and you can do line distance. So you can figure out how far this pond is. So if you're trying to gauge like how far your shots are going to be, say the pond's 40 yards across, you can know if the ducks are halfway between us 20 yards. Yeah. Or how far of a walk you're going to make that morning. Oh, my gosh. That one's always <laughs> got to be dead. <laughs> you got to map out your walk. Because, yeah. man, when you're doing some of these mile and a half, close to two mile walks, anything shape. will help. Plus, you don't want to be screwed up with getting going. And you find out, oh, crap, there's a canal here. I can't even freaking pass. <laughs> well, and also... How many times did you get out to a refuge and you can barely see your hand in front of your face? Oh, yeah. That fog will get you mixed around quicker than anything. Oh, okay, so... And all of us have a story to tell about this. So, Aaron and I, one day, we were out at a refuge hunting. And guy comes zooming past us on a bike. And we get to the pond and he's getting off his bike. It's about a couple minutes later. He's waiting for his kid, and he said, where are you guys going? I got here in front of you guys, and you guys were walking, so where are you guys going? I said, oh, we're going. I showed him on Onyx, like, we're going to that patch right there. And so we're walking out, and Aaron's behind me, and I'm walking, 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 and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I have no idea where I am, and my service wasn't good, so it wasn't showing me what direction I was going. I was going the complete wrong way. And then Aaron gets behind me, and the fog is so thick that I can't see his fog lamp. He's going the opposite way. <laughs> and the guy on the bike is like, hey, your buddy's over here. And you, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> so he starts yelling at us, and we're talking to him. And he stares us the right way, and he comes walking by, and we're laughing. But, yeah, oh, yeah. It'll mess you up. It'll mess you up. And especially when you get to where you're going, that fog won't lift till 11. 12, if you're lucky. Yeah. 11, 12 o'clock. And you're thinking, man, where where did I come from? Which way did I come from? <laughs> Especially if you've never been in that pond. Yep. And heck, Ryan and Donovan did it. They walked around the blind. They knew where it was. They just couldn't see it. And they were walking all around it. No way. Couldn't understand where it was. And... And they, I want to say Ryan looked and he's like, that's a really dark patch right there. Let's walk over there and see what's over there. Sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's your blind after 45 minutes of searching for it. <laughs> that's the fun, I think the fun part about the fog though. I've never had good luck in the fog. But you always get the little teal that plops in there. Yep. Like first light and it's just... And you're looking around, and he's just frantic looking around. <laughs> well, and when I first started hunting, and here's a story of Donovan and I, and him and I 
um, we're talking to a guy that we put hunt on his property from time to time and still do a, co- a little bit and he's a big time hunter and very knowledgeable he's hunted gosh almost any anything and everything and he told us one one day he's like the best time to go duck hunting is in the fog what and him and i looked at each other like huh let's try it and i want to say this is in high school and both him and i had finals to study for and it was like the first fog hit and i'm like dude we gotta go duck hunting <laughs> and we gotta go yep and we i mean we took our study material out there with us and we didn't do anything but study the entire time out there and wishing that we did not drive out there to go hunting why the heck did he say he was getting the fog then he said he goes they can't see you you can't see them and oh. all of a sudden they're right there in your face that's a oh yeah we come to find that. out that hasn't worked out that way no well they get right in your face plus if the fog lifts you have no shadow so if you're not hid they're going to pick you up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to hide in. Well, and also, you get... We always try to say and do is make ethical shots. Uh-huh. When you're shooting in the fog... And I'll tell you what. In the first morning when shoot time hits, you think that there was no fog. Everybody is shooting. And it's like, what are these guys seeing? Yeah. There's no way. There's no freaking way. They're just standing there. I mean, we hear all the birds. They could be right above us unless they're just, I mean, letting it fly. But That, like the hunt at Los Banos we did, and I swear, we could have put like a broomstick up and hit birds, but you could not see them. No. You could hear their wings. Not just the, like the, the, like the little high-pitched noise they make, yeah. but... Like the draft from their wings, they were so close. Yes. And specks. Yep. But the fog was so dang thick. And it's, it screws with your eyes. You yeah. sit there and look in the fog. You'll get disoriented. For four hours. Huh. Good luck trying to walk back straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I've come to think that if there's, if I know it's going to be foggy, I'll just show up in the afternoon. Yeah. Hey. I hate it, just because it's like, man, I freaking got here and I didn't do anything. I just wasted seven shells trying to shoot a duck in the dark. Yeah. Well, and man, it is dangerous driving out. Yeah, especially where we live. It gets thick. Very dangerous. I mean... This past year was some of, I mean, I've lived here in the valley my whole life, but this past year was some of the thickest fog that I've ever seen and been a part of. That's crazy. No no lights can save you with with the fog that we see. Mm-mm. Um, another thing we didn't really talk about, but shell count for refuges, it's usually 25, and you can walk back to your pickup and grab more. But you can only have 25 on you, but like we just looked it up in Merced Refuge, you can only shoot 25 per day. You can't walk back and get more. That was what you saw on the website. But yeah, 25 shells is what you can have on you on the refuge. Yep. Like on 
your person, not just in your pickup. <clears throat> yeah, and everyone, everyone has done that walk of shame. I've done plenty of the walk of shame. <laughs> it's just something that happens. Yeah. Gotta do it sometimes. And then trash too. Holy hell. Pick do up people trash. leave trash? Even the shells. I'm bad about shells. Sometimes you can't. You can't find them all. No. Spe the biggest thing is if you're in a blind. That's easy. Clean it up. Yeah. Just clean it up. It's the easiest thing. If I mean, if you're in the, the toolies, it's hard to get every shotgun shell that is shot. But trash? Oh, yeah. man. I showed up to a toolie patch at Mendota one day, and it was just loaded. This is a toolie patch, not a blind. Every single little pocket you can hunt out of, Gatorade cup or bottle, candy wrapper, chick wrapper, chick chip bag wrapper like you have to try to leave that there just pick it up yeah it's easy and a lot of people they they hunt with sleds i know just, just put it in your sled throw it in your sled you got to clean your sled out anyways when you get home it's ridiculous but pick up your trash yeah. try and even chills trying to help out trash too also camping keep the camping area clean yeah because it's only a matter of time when they freaking get rid of that. Yeah, that's that's just general thing. Is we got to be good hunters because this is not a like this is something that can be taken away. So any little thing that they can give or graft onto to try and take it away, they're gonna graft onto it. Yep. So we got to be smart with what we're doing. Not posting bad stuff, shooting birds and ringing necks, and laughing about it and stuff. And yeah, so we want to be looked at in a good eye. Yeah, because eyes are uh, always on the hunters. Mm -hmm. um, make sure you do things right and think before you post something. That is one of my biggest pet peeves: is don't post stupid stuff. No. I mean, post your pictures, do what you want to do. Be clean about it. Don't do anything dumb in your pictures. Show more. More of it is show respect to the the game that you are harvesting. Mm -hmm. That's the bit. Doesn't matter if it's ducks, dove, turkeys, deer, bear. Yeah, show respect to that game because you're able to feed your family with it. You're. It's. Heck, God put that that animal on this mm -hmm. planet for you to be able to harvest it the correct way to take care of it and if you have questions if you think you're doing something wrong probably doing it you're probably wrong. doing it wrong but if if you have to look over your shoulder yeah you're probably not doing something right if uh if it's like regu regulation stuff if you're iffy about it smallest thing just call. You can call the Fish and Wildlife and give them a scenario and they'll tell you if it's right or wrong. And I wish you could reach out on Facebook more, but people are just jackasses on there. Yeah. You're torn apart. So oh, yeah. the best way to do it is just call. Yep. And ask. 
Do it or just listen to podcasts. I've learned so much from podcasts, and that's why, that's why we started one. Not saying we know everything. No. But not even close. We love duck hunting. We love talking about it, and we love the opportunity to just put something down to look back on. Yeah. Get get people involved, and I see people always talking about, oh, there's too many hunters, there's too many of this, too many of that. It's like it's not a bad thing. Because um, hunting, I've, and this is like something I've heard on a lot of podcasts, but we are self-funded. The only people paying for hunting is hunters. Yeah. Through our ammunition, through our guns, through our tag sales, our licenses, all that. Yep. Reservations. Yep. We all pay for ourselves, so we ought to be smart with what we post. And bring the sport along. Which, on that, you and I both want to try and get a youth hunter out this year. Yep. Take a youth hunter out. And I think we think it'd be a cool idea. It'd be cool if other people did this too. But if we could get people on a bandwagon of taking out a youth hunter. And then, like I know we talked about getting them a jet sled. Like six mallard decoys and a call. I think that'd be so cool if people get on a bandwagon and doing that. Yeah. Take them out, do everything, like bring decoys and just take them and get them on a good hunt and then give them a little bit of duck hunting stuff. That'll at least, like, they have something like, oh, like I got this from these people and I want to do this and I'll get them excited. And I just think that'd be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Or pass along the sport. Or if there's stuff that you don't use anymore and. Yeah. Calls. I mean, people go through calls constantly. Find a youth hunter and give them a call or find somebody that wants to get into it. Take the dad out. Take the uncle out. The grandpa out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be during the junior hunt Yeah. to true. do it. But, yeah. That'd be fun, though. They got a tradition of doing that every year. Give, the, the moral of it is give back. Mm-hmm. Get back to to what you like to do, what you love to do. Because there's not a lot of people coming back up that are going to be hunting. At least I feel like. I think this year is going to be a lot lower than was last year. I think so, too. I, think a lot of, I know I had a lot of time because school was online. Right. I was still working, but actually I got put off season. But I just had school and it was online. Yeah. Well, it gives you a chance to... Get other people involved, and it's not mean they're going to take your spot. It's just you wish good upon all hunters. Mm-hmm. We're all yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. I think it's so we're all doing the same thing, and we just watched that new Chad building deal with the Real Foot, the two hunters who got killed at Real Foot Lake. We're all trying to do the same thing, and that's duck hunt and have a good time and respect the sport. And, like, setting up close to people, you run into opportunity to get an altercation. So that's something to think about. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to pass along the sport, do the same thing. So don't get all riled up. Yeah. And if somebody does that to you, I mean, in a man's way, you want to stick up and fight and get your spot. But just, give, just ducks. give it up. Just 
walk away. It's not, it's never worth it. No. <laughs> Whether it's in a marsh or on the street or while driving, no need. Just walk away, take your pride with you, and go on to the next. It's not worth it. No. It can be anything, too. Like, not just people setting up close. And when we were at the refuge up north, it wasn't December yet, and we were using a pulsator. And these jackasses walked behind us, and they're like, Oh, look at those guys are doing. They're being so illegal. And we're using the pulsator. But little did they know, it's not a winged decoy, yeah. and you can use it. Yep. It's motorized, but you can still use it. So you'll have people that just don't know what the heck they're talking about. And that's just kind of how it goes, but you pick a fight with them you'll probably get in a fight with them yeah it's not not worth it it's just a funny story later on down the road it's a I know. story to tell your friends tell your children in the future and move on past yep it's just memories and good times try and enjoy it while you can yep I'm fired up Jer. we got a season. long ways to go I know <laughs> but that's going to be a good season Oh, I sure hope so. Hopefully we can get some good weather this year. And I know. I mean, the birds will still migrate, but we've got to have water. And we don't have that. No. Farmers are hurting. Yep. Yep, we both checked fields and the canals over here. They were full for a little bit. Now they're not full. <laughs> Bone dry real quick. Oh, man. But yeah, if you can, leave uh, some comments of more things you want to hear from us. I mean, we have a list of things that we're going to talk about. We're going to try and bring some new people on, um, get some stories told, because nothing's better than reliving some stories that yeah. we have. Yeah, so if you if you want to, send it to your friends or have people listen. Just, uh, I don't know, get us out there. Help us enjoy this just as much as us doing it. Yeah, we want to be able to kind of interact with people on this thing and get people on and talk about it and just talk about duck hunting. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're all here for a reason. We all have the same passion. All right, we'll see you guys on the next one. Catch you later.